Welcome to Web3 Unpacked. I'm your host, Rich Pasqua, founder and CEO of ARC. Each week we unpack the Web3 revolution. Join us as we discover and explore the people, projects, and visionaries building the trusted web. Hello, and welcome to Web3 Unpacked. We're excited to have Andrew Yang, founder and CEO of Coltos, join us today. Coltos helps brands supercharge rewards, loyalty, and influencer marketing through Web3 while crafting engaging new experiences for users. Welcome, everyone, and welcome, Andrew Yang, CEO of Coltos. Can't wait to get Thank the conversation you, started. Yep. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Great. Thanks for joining us. So, uh, Andrew, maybe just uh, as we get started, kind of dive into Kaltos. Uh, you know, you're focusing on rewards and loyalty. Um, maybe just give us a bit of your background and, 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 and how you uh, came to this company. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the genesis of Kaltos actually started with a, another company that I co-founded called uh, Authenticity Inc. So I've been in the Web3 space for a while. Um, Authenticity was a spin out from my time with uh, GE Ventures, and we built a industrial supply chain product on uh, on enterprise Ethereum. Um, and we had some you know great customers like uh, GE Aviation, Lockheed Martin. It was really something that could combine the databases of a buyer and supplier together and eliminate uh, disputes and you know track parts through the supply chain. Um, Airbus was another, and uh, Dyer, one of their suppliers, was another uh, uh, customer we had. And then the pandemic hit, of course, and Aerospace in particular was just grinding to a halt, uh, particularly commercial aerospace. And so we found ourselves uh, uh, needing to, to pivot. Ironically, that was the same year I became Forbes 30 under 30 for, for blockchain. So, you know, good, good and bad. <laughs> um, but uh, on that. That's one awesome. of the, thank yeah. you. No, it was, a, it was a really cool to see that actually happen. Um, but one of our uh, investors, they had an LP that actually turned out to be one of the world's largest toy companies, uh, MGA Entertainment. So they sell. Rats dolls, LOL surprise, like super popular in Europe and in North America. And they were like, um, we know you guys have, uh, you know, uh, this, this product that leverages blockchain. We're not so much interested in supply chains uh, related use cases, but we have some initiatives with uh, NFTs and social tokens. Um, and we have these issues, you know, engaging our customers directly. Most of our product is sold through distributors. And we really want to build, you know, a one-to-one -one engagement with them. Um, and we think uh, social tokens, uh, digital collectibles um, could be and, and wallets kind of uh, especially because they, they sell to a particular very young demographic. You know, you create a wallet for a kid. It can be something that uh, follows them through their entire kind of life cycle as a consumer. And they had all these you know kind of great ideas. And we realized we had the team, um, the product, at least the infrastructure and now a great potential anchor customer to kind of get into the space. And this is 2021 when OpenSea is clearing like. $10 billion a week of NFT sales. And we figured, why not? Let's do it. And, uh, you know, flash forward a year, we pivoted completely into uh, in, into Cultos, built out the product. Um, that toy company ended up investing us directly. We're launching a really cool project with them next year, um, a mobile game that's built on the Cultos platform where parents uh, sign themselves and their kids up. They get a wallet. They buy tokens from the brand and they create chores for the kid to do. And if the kid doesn't, they do tokens. And they can buy um, LOL products and other brand products within the app itself using the tokens. Um, and uh, also, you know, the, the owner of the San Antonio Spurs invested in us as well. We did a launch with them. And uh, we have several other, you know, retail companies about to launch with us in uh, Q1 of uh, next year. So 
um, you know, that's that's how we got into this into the space and uh, really excited to um, just uh, fulfill all the different uh, really exciting product milestones we have coming up to bridge Web 2 into Web 3 using the Cultless product. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Andrew, I have a little little history with uh, uh, Nickelodeon and Mattel and I've developed games for them in the past. Um, uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's very challenging, um, especially when you deal with spe special r regulations and rules around handling uh, children's content and data and all that stuff. And we used to use the term, it's a mommy and me kind of experience, especially at yeah. that age group um, after 16 or 13. I think uh, it's, it's, you know, a, a bit more loose, but um, how did you handle some of those situations, um, those workarounds, especially with coins or tokens, you know, um, how did you kind of, um, you know, make sure that there were stop gaps for the parents and everything else like that? Um, it's just an interesting thought because it is very challenging actually. Yeah, absolutely. So the way we handle that within this app is to make sure you gather all of the key consents from the parent and the parent is the one creating the account monitored account for their for their children. And the wallet is assigned to the parent, not the kid. Uh, it's more like the kids spending on the parents behalf, kind of like uh, how kids will, you know, especially within the Gen Alpha and Gen Z age group, will play Robux and uh, charge their parents credit card kind of a oh, similar sort of yeah. uh, <laughs> sort of deal. Right. So that's uh, from a data collection standpoint. Um, um, that's that's how we handled that. Um, for the token itself, you know, we offer two different uh, models for brands that want to launch a reward token uh, to either augment um, bridge or replace their loyalty points. Um, and uh, the model that we used for uh, MGA is more of a stable approach where the value doesn't uh, doesn't fluctuate. So um, parents, you know, they get the MGA coin, they can bridge into Kaltos coin, which is what we're launching uh, in an IEO early next year. And that's the way for them to uh, cash out or, you know, cash in, if you will, on their on their points if they, if they want to. But the value is stable, so you don't have to worry about uh, brand perceptions or um, any kind of negative feedback from the customer base, if there's any sort of volatility or fluctuation. So that's the other kind of key stop gap that, that we put in place too. Mm. And through the royalty, uh, you know, the loyalty program where they can eventually kind of uh, matriculate into and kind of cash out, if you will, um, with their earned points. Um, are there specific brands that are allowed in your, your, your environment um, how do you how do you determine who's in, who's out, and maybe specifically for age groups? Yeah, for sure. So with that um, specific mobile game that's coming out, that's really kind of the first of many initiatives in the MGA metaverse, um, kind of fits into a broader strategy they have. Um, they have uh, kind of a, an equal say, if you will, in terms of which other companies join that ecosystem. Um, there's several different affiliate partners that we're kind of just ironing out the final details with that will be listing their merchandise in the app as well. Um, but, uh, MJ, obviously, because, you know, this is built on their credibility and their customer base is a strong say in, uh, in who enters there. Generally speaking, in terms of the, um, other ways we can work with customers, like for example, we have, uh, an e-commerce product, uh, right now for Shopify where any brand can. Uh, add uh, our widget to their Shopify site, allows them to launch a token, create campaigns for how customers are rewarded, uh, custodian wallets for any customer that signs up, and then the off-ramp bridge to our partner Uphold that does the KYC and the actual handling of uh, liquidation events of their tokens. It's, it's, it's all kind of built in there. Um, we are in, going to launch at some point next year 
a broader exchange that will connect to all of those instances of, uh, you know, brands that have launched with Kaltos through an e-commerce widget, for example. Mm-hmm. And what that will allow their consumers to do is uh, access this kind of um, broader marketplace where, you know, unlike typically with loyalty points, if you have a token from any brand, you can use it to off-ramp into any other brand's rewards, right? You just convert one brand token into another, and then you can access, you know, uh, Nike rewards instead of uh, the Walmart uh, rewards that you originally uh, began with. So that will be a lot more um, uh, open open in terms of uh, uh, brands that are available and listed there uh, compared to, you know, the enterprise deployments where um, depending on uh, uh, what their kind of vision and strategy is and kind of competitive considerations are, um, it'll be more selective and bespoke in terms of who's actually involved and what you can do with those tokens in that application. Oh, that's interesting. So uh, I guess there's two way, two methods, right? If you enter through Coltos, right, then you're probably open, your, your rewards points are open to multiple brands. But if you enter through the brand, which is really cool, um, uh, and you're, you're experiencing it through that, then it, you're locked in, but at, at some point you're going to open it up. That brand will be able to say, hey, if we, we can share our points across multiple products or brand products. Yeah, for sure. The, the, it's opened up in the sense you can, uh, you can liquidate your tokens and transfer them out. You may, the functionality within that uh, app, which is kind of the Web2 layer that we're embedded into, if it's a mobile game built for a specific brand, functionality-wise, you might not be able to convert your tokens into any other brand's token there. But as a consumer, you can just withdraw your brand token into Kaltos coin, which is the off-ramp for liquidity, right? And then once it's Kaltos coin, you can do whatever you want with it. It's an ERC-20 token. You can withdraw it, exchange it. Uh, as a consumer, you have full freedom to do whatever you want with that. Wow. Very good. Very uh, good. How's the process work? Uh, say you're a brand and you're looking to create a token. Like what's what's step one? How do you How do you begin? Um, pretty straightforward. So we have, uh, if, if we're talking, if you have, you know, a, maybe it's a mobile app or a point of sale system or some custom e-commerce site, we have a API you can use to just kind of embed all the web three functionality we have into that. So creation of wallets, creation of a token, uh, um, kind of the API calls to recognize rewards that cause your consumers token balances to update when they did something good. Um, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, in, in, in that case, we have more of a kind of white glove approach to onboarding and helping you uh, launch as well uh, and providing analytics. The more turnkey way is if you maybe have a Shopify site right now, you embed our widget. Um, once you install the widget, it's very straightforward. We have a templatized approach where you could create uh, the name of your token. It launches. You know, There's a kind of a predefined finite supply. Um, and then you can create campaigns and you determine... Uh, what actions on your e-commerce site or what social media actions like, you know, posts on TikTok uh, or Instagram uh, you want to reward with tokens. Um, and then you fund your campaigns, which will set an initial dollar value of your, of, of your tokens from the outset. Um, and you're good to go. And that's it. Your consumers can start landing on your e-commerce site. They can create an account. Custodian wallet is generated for them. And they can start uh, uh, completing uh, campaigns, which or you know, missions as we call them. Uh, which tell them what they need to do to earn tokens, whether it's buying product, attending some in-person event, attending the actual physical store, uh, posting on social media, whatever kind of actions the brand wants to incentivize. Mm. You know, uh, I was going to ask you, how is Cultos different from other loyalty programs? But actually, we're teasing it out as we go. 
Um, and it's really cool to see that you're thinking of the, you know, the brands themselves, right? Obviously, the, you know, any demographic who's participating within the cultist uh, environment. But you're setting up the, I, I like the, the idea of that you're giving options to the brands so that they can kind of advertise, they can market, they can, uh, you know, run campaigns. And I think that's a big differentiator. Um, what, are, what other items within your world uh, do you feel really separates your platform from everyone else? Well, speaking, you know, immediately, I think uh, one of the biggest uh, things that separates us or differentiates us is the um, advantages that we offer to the consumer. And ultimately, that's that's the biggest thing, right? Because if you don't offer enough advantages to the consumer, they're not going to sign up for the uh, for the loyalty program. And then it's, it's all kind of moot. And if you look at traditional loyalty programs today, like 50% of all loyalty points in existence go completely unredeemed. It's some insane figure of like 40 billion. Um, and engagement rates are, you know, progressively lower every year, especially for the coveted uh, demographics of, uh, of Gen Z, Gen Alpha, you know, Gen Z in particular, which is kind of starting to enter the, the workforce. Um, and so what we offer is um, the ability to give them much stronger incentives to sign up for the program, um, because, you know, unlike loyalty points, uh, you can... Uh, own your rewards. You can do a lot more with them. You can off-ramp into the rewards of many other brands, or you can ultimately just liquidate them and cash them out, right? And that's something that's quite unique um, and leverages the technology of Web3 versus a traditional loyalty program. The other um, kind of differentiator that we offer is, uh, and this kind of comes into some of the future initiatives we have, you know, Gen Z in particular, uh, they're digital natives. They don't find the uh, traditional rewards um as appealing as previous generations. So, you know, discount codes and stuff like that, for example, I mean, discounts are great, but um, it's, it's, it's doing less and less to engage them and get the member sign up rate that it would for um, other generations like Gen X or um, uh, older generations, for example. Uh, what we uh, aim to do is start bridging in rewards that are more attractive to that demographic that the tokens can be redeemed on that are complementary to Web3. So, for example, uh, perhaps an integration with Roblox, where avatars that are created by, you know, brands that have a virtual presence there or users that have a presence there and are incentivized by the brands to create like an LOL branded avatar or an LOL branded uh, item, um, things of that nature, or, you know, some kind of a branded item from their favorite uh, influencer or streamer. Rewards like that, digital collectibles, they can be made available. We can allow brands to have an easy way to make those available. And that really appeals to that demographic. And that's something which will be, you know, unique um, in terms of what we're able to offer versus a traditional loyalty program. Yeah, that, I, I really like that because a lot of loyalty programs are very kind of gated and you can only do certain things, speaking mainly from the traditional end of things. And some of the more digi progressive digital and Web3, uh, uh, you know, organizations or products don't really offer that freedom, that flexibility. And a lot of what we talk about is, you know, when you're talking kind of like the metaverse, right? Um, we always talk about what's the connected tissue, right? How do you take a uh, product, a, a digital product, an avatar, or your Adidas kicks that you, you either won or bought with your, your tokens, and how do you kind of use them in different worlds? And I think your what Cultos is doing is kind of allowing people to kind of stretch their legs and interact and buy and trade 
uh, across the metaverse uh, and beyond uh, into you know standard Web three. But I think that's really interesting. Um, and a lot of the folks that we talk to, um, and you know, as far as audience members are in marketing, they're in advertising, they're in design, they're in technology, they're in a lot of these things. But a lot of it is okay. How how successful are these campaigns? So I mean, with like say the Antonio Spurs, Bratz, you know, Lal Surprise, you know, like what what are some of the metrics there? If you could share it, like how how are they doing? How is it working for them? Yeah, for sure. So uh, the the key metrics really are the you know the member sign up rate, the uh, 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 conversion rate, um, as well as the uh, well. This is more for some of the, the the mobile game and the initiatives we're launching in Q1 next year. But certainly the uh, amount of uh, transaction fee um, revenue that's generated from consumers, you know, they find these tokens appealing in terms of what they can do with them. Um, purchasing them, right? Much like a consumer would purchase airline miles today. That's kind of one of the key advantages of uh, the program as a revenue generator as opposed to a cost center, particularly for a marketing department. Um, another key metric, uh, going back to conversion rate, is, you know, if you look at influencer marketing programs today, you as a brand typically pay an influencer uh, to make a post and then it's a black hole. You don't really know what resulted from that, right? Like how many net new customers and purchases did, did you get? Um, but the beauty of uh, what we offer in terms of how it's it's really just kind of underpinned by uh, a wallet that's unique to each consumer is if somebody and it may not be a professional influencer, it may just be your typical consumer posts to their uh, social to their network on social media. Maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's TikTok. One of their followers, you know, sees that post, goes to the brand's website, signs up for Kaltos to redeem, you know, tokens they get for just signing up. Um, and buy something, we know it came from that. We're able to kind of, first of all, we're able to um, see the uh, uh, data associated with that original person's social media um, handles when they when they create an account and then they make a post. And second of all, you know, the person had a Kaltos wallet and used tokens to buy the product. So we immediately know there's that, you know, kind of closed loop and conversion. And that's something that's very difficult for brands today to uh, be able to figure out with the way that they're doing influencer campaigns now. So that's the other kind of advantage of uh, uh, what we're doing or key metric in terms of what Web3 can provide. The wallet gets associated with all kinds of first party data that was uh, was or is more difficult for a brand to kind of aggregate together because it's not just commerce, it's commerce online, commerce in person, social media, and eventually gaming too. Um, and kind of new age social media like Discord, for example, which we now have uh, integration with as well. Yeah, that I was going to say, what is the, uh, you know, well, I'll jump back to that, the Discord thing, because that we is love important. Discord over here. Yeah, we, <laughs> we use it quite a bit. We, you know, we run half our company on it. Like, it's crazy, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of what you were just saying, uh, Andrew, is kind of music to a lot of marketing and advertising folks' uh, ears, because it's, you know, th their access to first-party data is getting thinner and thinner, Right. And being yeah. able to create that digital, um, you know, fingerprint um, for that individual user is really important. As long as you know it's safe and secure, which it sounds like it is, um, it's it's wildly uh, important, uh, and it's disappearing for a lot of them. So that is, to me, one of those kind of like 
you know, north stars for a lot of advertisers and marketers. Now, you know, talking about about Discord, that was cool. So you have like um, you can send scripts to um, through tokens, have bots read them, identify you, and now you're part of a, a cultos or a a brand um, Discord channel, right? So now, talk to us a little bit about how that works and how you aggregate and, you know, push forward, you know, social or, or community, I should say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Discord is such a powerful tool for community building and brands are seeing this more and more because it can offer an element of exclusivity, right? Especially if it's uh, token gated or paywalled, you know, in some sense, it's only allow a select uh, tier of customers to be able to access it and in turn be able to access uh, exclusive announcements, uh, rewards that are that are posted within that within that group and then building the community. Um, at the moment, what we currently offer is a Discord bot that uh, can identify certain actions that users in our group perform. This is kind of our way of almost uh, beta testing the Discord integration. And if they do them, whether it's creating, you know, a meme uh, or, you know, inviting others to the channel uh, or promoting something, which is, you know, obviously a key thing for any brand, um, in terms of creating referrals, we can identify those actions and we can, re- we can reward them with uh, Cultos coin. Um, and, uh, you know, at the time of the IEO, all those coins will be distributed out and people can do whatever they want with them. But in the, f- uh, in the future, what we plan to, to add is the ability for brands to um, either, you know, spin up a Discord uh, group or they have a pre-existing one, use a extended version of that bot that we're working on to you know, gate certain channels, for example, and link back how you get over that gate or get access to that group to the amount of brand tokens you've accumulated through various things. Maybe it's buying products, maybe it's uh, promoting on social media, maybe it's performing some activity in a, a metaverse game like Roblox, uh, whatever the brand wants the uh, user to do. Um, and then that brings them into that community where they can engage them directly in a way that resonates maybe with a, a younger demographic if that's what they're trying to go for, like, like uh, uh, Gen Z, for example. Yeah, so you're, I mean, I love that. And we've been figuring out how to open doors and uh, release content and what's right for what audiences and you're, you're, you're gamifying it, which is really cool. Um, and allowing people to become part of the community, but also become rewarded for it um, and, and kind of extend the play, extend the, the purchasing power, actually, of that, you know, young person or whoever that the demographic is. Um, really, really cool. Very cool. I'm curious about something because uh, you, you mentioned a lot of different integration, right? Like Shopify integration, it, you know, obviously there's Discord, there's so many different ways. Uh, how much technical know-how does a brand need and how much technical know-how or, or I guess how comfortable are customers as they onboard from a Web 2 into Web 3 world? Um, so we want to minimize the amount of technical know-how as much as possible because the more there is, the less adoption there's ultimately going to be, right? So our, our strategy is take the kind of infrastructure of Web3 um, and embed that into Web2 as, as much as possible. So, you know, for uh, embedding a, a token loyalty program into your e-commerce site, instead of uh, just um, kind of leaving to that, leaving to them to, to set all that up, give them a widget. That's typically how brands will embed new products into their e-commerce site, right? They'll install a widget uh, uh, and there's there's gigantic uh, marketplace on Shopify to do that. That's the type of behavior they're, they're, they're used to. So that's, you know, that's one example. Uh, for, for Discord, what we're um, looking to do with our product roadmap is similarly make that as seamless as possible as well. 
Um, so, you know, create uh, more automated ways for them to launch the community. Um, I mean, it's simple enough for them to embed a Discord bot. So that's that's pretty straightforward. Brands have low familiarity, I would say, on average in, in terms of how to do that. But that's in our in our product roadmap. So generally speaking, you know, we're also looking at other uh, widely used uh, platforms and tools that brands are already using right now to engage their customers like Salesforce Commerce Cloud, Big Commerce, WooCommerce, and similarly building integrations with those as well. So the amount of thought that a customer has to put into launching with us or launching with a Web3 program is as minimal as possible. And of course, with what we have right now, if you're on Shopify, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, consumers bringing their own wallet, like a MedMask wallet. We provide custodian wallets. You don't have to worry about uh, smart contracts or launching your own token or integrating with a KYC partner. We, we, you know, we've done all of that with, you know, our integration with Uphold, for example. So we're really trying just to make sure that what we offer um, bridges between Web3 to Web2 as much as possible already, because otherwise, uh, I think the probability of getting mass adoption is pretty low. Yeah, we find um, in our discussions and, you know, everything we do here is, you know, uh, the onboarding process usually has a, a major hiccup with with wallets and transferring tokens and and all that. Um, how are you, you're, how are you making it easier for people? How how are you really like? Because you know, uh, I, I've been doing this for a long time. Matt's been doing this for a long time, um, and I still have to kind of check my notes, make sure things are going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. You know, you your seed um, phrase and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and you know, even for the younger demographics, are the um, are the actual parents doing doing that work with the wallets, or, or are kids flipping and, and trading? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, with 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 us, what we provide is a custodian wallet, right? So you actually don't have to worry about uh, any any of that stuff. Um, you just create a create an account, so email, password, uh, two factor authentication, and and that's it. You're done. Um, we're integrated with the partner Bentley, and so we'll spin up a you know a Polygon wallet for every consumer that creates an account. Um, and as far as the consumer is concerned, um, they just see you know a number. They just see I have X Brat coins, or you know I have all these rewards kind of uh, in my in my profile. And these rewards may or not be digital collectibles or, or NFTs, and, and that's it. If they want to transfer it out, they can they can transfer it to an external wallet, and you know people who are already in the crypto or uh, Web3 community will will have that and know how to do that. But otherwise, they don't need to. Everything they need to do is uh, very user-friendly. It's designed for someone who has little to no familiarity with how to navigate tools like MetaMask. Um, they just have to create an account uh, the same way they would for any other kind of Web2 service. Um, and similarly, cashing out is a very, a very easy step as well, thanks to... Uh, um, you know, how robust uh, Uphold is in terms of uh, uh, what they offer people who use their process to uh, trade, convert, or, or liquidate tokens. So making it as uh, easy as possible for a non-crypto person to use is kind of a key focus of ours. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we, we were funding the whole email <laughs> email tokens to people is the easiest way, actually. We're just right. airdropping in that way. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it does seem like that, you know, creating that frictionless experience is so vital. Uh, just jumping back a little bit, I'm curious, we talked earlier, you have some really interesting brands you partnered with. Can we do like a just a mini insight into like, say, Bratz, for example, like what was the, the onboarding process? How did it, how does the token work today? And, and how, how is that loyalty program going, for example, if we just took one of those brands or a different one as an example? 
Yeah, for sure. So uh, with uh, Brad's, the parent company is MJ Entertainment. The product line they're, st- they're starting with is actually LOL Surprise, which I think is their best-selling uh, product line right now. Um, so it's going through a process of internal beta testing, and the results from that are extremely positive. The launch date will be in Q1 of next year when it actually goes live, and that will include um, collaborations with some well-known influencers uh, with a complimentary following who do a lot of streaming on uh, on Roblox, for example, to kind of give a hint to future rewards that will be integrated in there. Um, but in terms of the, the onboarding process, um, I wish I could send you guys a demo. As soon as the uh, launches, I'll send you a link to the, uh, uh, to the app in the, in the app store. It will be on iOS in the beginning. Um, but it's pretty straightforward. You create an, you create an account. Um, there's a series of consents that you have to give as a parent create a profile for your kid within the same uh, app. Um, and then you create a series of different chores for them to do. You know, you can do it through uh, voice. You can do it through text. There's a bunch of kind of fun icons and animations. Um, and then you decide how many tokens the kid gets for each of those chores. Uh, and then when the kid, you know, goes to their parent and says, I've done them, market is complete. The kid gets the token in their account. And then the kid can just go into the, into the mobile game and go to the catalog page and start picking the products they want and fulfillments integrated on the back end. So, uh, making it as straightforward and easy as possible. Awesome. Yeah, well, teasing that out, I think we'll have to do a future episode where we do a live demo for sure. For right sure. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we like to do that. And people, you know, what we've been learning is, you know, show through, you know, use cases. Um, and people love to see that. And it's once they see that it's really easy and seamless, they're like, yep, that's a cool thing. I'm going to jump on it. I'm going to try it. Uh, and everyone's in try mode. So it, it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and we would love to do that um, for ourselves. And, you know, I have kids and who knows? This could be the could be a really uh, good solution for my home, uh, my home. <laughs> bribery for good behavior. Nothing's more effective than that. So let's, let's do it. Exactly. It's like chore monster uh, <laughs> on, steroid, on steroids, you know, um, very cool. And, you know, uh, Andrew, where so you you've kind of unpacked a lot of really cool features that this can do both for the from a vendor side to the user side um where where do you see cultus going in, in the next couple of years you know I, I know it's hard because everything runs at light speed uh but you know features functionality connect you know relationships or partnerships where do you see it going for sure. So um, I, I uh, would, would love to see, you know, the exchange that we're launching kind of be a uh, have as many you know partner connections as possible to give consumers as much freedom as they could possibly uh, need to off ramp from one uh, rewards program to another. Think of it as like a Web3 uh, Blackhawk network, if you will. That's kind of uh, one vision that we want to make a reality in the next uh, couple of years. Um, and of course, the Cultos coin kind of being the reserve currency that. Uh, underpins and powers all of this as being the means of exchange, the transfer from one brand token to the, another, which is kind of, you know, the incentive for people to uh, get into the cultless coin ecosystem and uh, benefit from that as the ecosystem grows. Um, at, an, at an app level, I think, uh, you know, one major strategic focus of ours is going to be building out uh, partnerships uh, and, uh, you know, affiliate partners as widely as we can within this uh kids space, especially with, uh, you know, the adjacency to incredibly popular platforms like Roblox, which I think go hand in hand with uh, with what we're offering and just building out a massive ecosystem there. Um, that's the I'd say that's uh, that's that's the primary focus that we're, we're looking for over the next two years. And of course, you know, luckily for us, we've uh, closed our last funding round in uh, June of this year. 
uh, closed, uh, I believe, 8.5 million. And so luckily, uh, uh, I also see us surviving this uh, crypto winter brought on by, you know, several different uh, factors, not to say the least, uh, you know, FTX and all of that, which luckily we had no exposure to. So, yeah. Yeah, bundle up. Uh, We're all going to be a little chilly this winter, uh, crypto (laughs) kids. (laughs) Um, But it's okay. You know, the the whole idea of this podcast is to meet folks like you, founders, innovators, who are, you know, pushing ahead, not to go into the FTX discussion, which would be a rabbit hole. But, (laughs) you know, everything, everyone is focusing on that. But they, you know, you have to realize there are so many talented people pushing ahead, you know, they have North Stars. They understand why they're doing this and the purpose that they have. Um, so it's refreshing to see folks like you, um, you know, keep, keep going ahead and not getting rattled by this, you, you know. Um, and I think it's really interesting and I think really smart to focus on a niche into the kids' world, you know. Um, when I was at Nickelodeon, you know, if you're not careful, careful you're... you're you're in that world forever. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? I, I migrated out because of, you know, different interests in technology and business and whatnot. Um, but it is a really good niche to focus on because if you really get the details right, it's it, it could be just a blockbuster, uh, you know, and especially because you're tying in gamification um, in, the, in the social world uh, or the community world, um, tokenization, uh, obviously rewards, but there's also games attached to it and multiple brands attached to it in a safe environment. If you do that, it's kind of the holy grail. Um, and then each child and what we what we used to say at MTV Networks was um, cradle to grave, right? Yeah. So you'd start them with Nick Jr., you know, uh, and they would end with MTV. You right. Know, that's the life cycle. So I could see you guys kind of adopting that where it's like a young person uh, jumps on with their their parents together, starts a wallet, starts collecting, playing, trading, and then they move to the next brand. So that might be interesting for you to look at what are the complementary lifecycle brands uh, for, for cult, within the cultist world that can play well together. Absolutely. I think that's, uh, you know, really key, a really key and kind of strategic insight. You know, we, we see the wallet as being something that is going to replace cookies because it actually has the, the consent of the consumer. They're being fairly compensated for yeah. giving the brand or brands on the other end their first party data. Right. And it's it's like you like you mentioned, something that uh, especially if we're starting in the kids space will follow the consumer across the entire life cycle, literally cradle to grave. So in the beginning, it'll be games that fit with uh, the demographic when they first kind of entered the, the ecosystem and got their wallet. Uh, purchases, uh, you know, the same nature too, whether it's through our mobile game, whether it's through, uh, you know, e-commerce purchases, whether it's uh, uh, purchases of avatars and items on metaverse games like Roblox. Um, and then that opens up the door to a lot of, uh, I think, really exciting partnerships that just make a lot of sense with brands at the next stage once they get a little bit older, right? Uh, whether that's, uh, you know, certain apparel companies, cosmetic companies, uh, whatever. And this wallet will follow um, them throughout their entire lives, accumulating uh, all kinds of interesting data that it is difficult for brands to kind of aggregate with one consumer profile right now, especially with consent, gaming, commerce, social media, uh, all of that. So the wallet being something that maybe we can offer is almost a, an SSO in the future 
um, that's kind of a key strategy too that fits with everything else that we're that we're doing. Fantastic. When you're when you're creating Cultos, um, when you rewind, was the focus on kids and Gen Z intentional, or did it just kind of happen? Like, did you just kind of stumble on the fact that this is where you needed to focus? I would say both. So our attention was brought to the space through a brand, this, the toy company that focuses on Gen Z and Gen Alpha. So in that sense, we it just kind of happened. Uh, on the other hand, you know, working with them made us intimately familiar with the fact that this type of gamified, you know, fairly compensating experience for awards is kind of the only thing that's going to work with them as well. So it fits with the demographic. And if you want to engage consumers in the future, your loyalty program is going to have to function like this. And so it kind of opened our eyes to, the, to that fact as well, uh, which made us double down and focus on, the, on that demographic instead of uh, treating it as a, as a niche use case. Yeah, I think, I think you're, you've got actually a, a tremendous runway w with this demographic. Uh, I think there's like you're only going to be limited by your imagination uh, with a lot of these things. I think the key thing, and, you know, we always... Because, you know, I come from a, a branding world, too, is maintaining, you know, your brand integrity and making sure that, you know, people have control over their data and what is released. Um, they have control over their tokens. You know, uh, the, the, the tokens are pegged properly or, you know, monetized or tokenized uh, properly. Um, people are not losing things because it is kind of fragile right now. The yep. whole everything. I'm not just you guys. Just everything is fragile, and now you're actually going on a thinner rope, and talking to even more fragile uh, demographics, which is awesome. We applaud you for that. But it's um, it, it takes an extra it, it takes a, uh, an extra sharp eye to make sure that everything is buttoned up and nothing unravels uh, for you guys. So super important to just keep the security in mind. Um, and maintain that, you know, as, as, so, as soon as you get a track record with one, two, three, four, ten, hundred brands, you're off to the races. For sure. And then you become known as that brand where it's very, very secure to kind of build and play on. Definitely. And there's a lot of cautionary tales without going into specifics in the headlines right now. What happens if you, <laughs> if you don't, uh, if you let that unravel and you don't keep an eye on it for sure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, especially around kids and, and whatnot. So Definitely. Absolutely. As brands keep onboarding, how much are um, how much uh, do you want Cultos to be the focal point or, or and how much is it the brand? Like, how are you balancing the two? Is is Cultos something where you want people to really be aware of Cultos or does it kind of disappear into the background on any given brand experience? It's definitely a tough balance. Right now, it's uh, a very white-labeled experience as much as we can for each brand because that's, that's what brands expect and, and it makes complete sense. Um, eventually, what we aim to do is have Cultus be available to consumers when they choose to take their you know brand tokens from one brand and turn into something else, right? That's where they enter the kind of uh, Cultos ecosystem specifically, like you know through the exchange we're going to launch. Um, and that's where they really become aware of Cultos is an entity and an ecosystem beyond the brand that they were originally exposed to, because that's where they can, you know, convert Nike tokens to, into Adidas tokens or Brad's tokens into you know, potentially Robux in the future. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of our strategy to make sure they're aware of us, but at the same time, kind of accommodating for how 
white label brands want the um, consumer's experience to be when their customers land on their e-commerce page. Fantastic. Also curious, um, when you're talking to these different brands right now, with all the recent news and, and craziness we've seen in the space, how are, what, what's the sentiment you're getting? I mean, this is some real utility for them. Are you seeing brands becoming a little more skittish or are they gung-ho full speed ahead? What's, what's your uh, take on that? So the brands that already had uh, a strategy for, you know, Web3, uh, gamification, tokenized rewards, uh, all, that, all that kind of stuff, um, nothing's changed for them. For brands that uh, were maybe just reaching out to us cold and on the, the first thing they'd say when we have a discussion with them is, how do I make a few million dollars from NFTs? Those are absolutely gone, right? So I think that's the biggest uh, change that we've seen and kind of makes sense given the developments of the past year. Mm. And when they come in cold, right? Like, wow, I, I heard about Coltos. This is really cool. Uh, we want to learn more. I'll, obviously, a lot of these a lot of these brands are are kind of just dipping their toes in, into this world. Does Cultus actually, you know, back back every back them up and say, "All right, let's start with a really smart strategy." And do you take them through a, a strategic workshops and and uh, document th their strategies moving forward, uh, both in the Cultus universe and perhaps beyond? Uh, we definitely, you know, have a couple sessions with them to identify what their goals are. You know, are there specific campaigns you want to run? Is your goal referrals, retention, just, you know, first party data? Um, what is it that you're, you're, you're trying to do? Um, we, we have some sessions to kind of uh, identify that. Um, we are, but uh, for, for the most part, you know, we try to make the initial launch plan as simple as possible. Like, let's just get, you know, the widget installed in your site. Let's decide the name of your token. Let's determine what the initial reward should be and what the campaigns are and just kind of start with that. So just trying to, you know, make it as easy, simple as possible so that they can quickly decide, you know, is this for us? Is this working um, uh, without making it too complicated all at once? Yeah, get them into the system and then start introducing them to new features and functionality that they can start using. Um, do you, and because, you know, again, a lot of folks, that we talk to a lot of you know people in our audience are like okay that's cool i can get started really quickly but there's another side there's the care and feeding to communities to do you find that they get started very quickly with cultus and, and the product and the environment but then they're like oh my gosh i need actually two other employees to help manage communities to spin up you know unique and different campaigns perhaps there's different skill sets needed are you seeing that behind the scenes? For sure, yeah. The long tail rewards is always kind of a, a, a concern. What we offer is we have uh, you know an in-house team of uh, people with deep uh, community management experience, uh, and we kind of just offer them as a as a customer success team to help make uh, launches uh, successful. But um, certainly for brands that haven't launched any kind of loyalty program before, um, that's that's a that's a key consideration and challenge for them, right? Luckily, with larger brands like MGA, for example, they're kind of used to be and they're both used to and have the resources to create you know sustained uh, uh rewards or different uh things that uh um a customer can use their tokens on to sustain their interest but um beyond that one of our kind of key objectives is just adding in our own features around gamification into the products that we're launching as much as possible too to keep people's interest mm. great and we may have brushed on this earlier, but what are the key revenue streams for Caltos? Like, how how do you maintain profitability with this? 
For sure. So uh, we uh, uh, charge kind of a, like a Stripe or transaction fee for, um, you know, swaps, conversions, purchases of the brand's tokens. You can kind of think of it in par- as a parallel to, you know, someone buying like airline miles, for example, like we get a transaction fee from that. The brand gets a transaction fee. Uh, if you took um, tokens from one brand and turn it into another, there's a transaction fee for that swap. Um, and a percentage of those fees are used to uh, or will be used to purchase Cultus coin from the open market to kind of you know, make the tokenomics attractive to those who want to support uh, the ecosystem. Um, so generally speaking, you can think of it as kind of an exchange model, which kind of grows in network effects as we add more and more partners to the ecosystem and they bring their consumers, which creates the volume of people, you know, acquiring, earning tokens in various ways and, and using them. Cool. I love it. So, so I guess, um, you know, as we sort of wrap up, I want to get a few of your thoughts. We're seeing so many new companies getting into Web3, uh, everything from Starbucks, Odyssey, Nike, etc. cetera. Uh, what do you think are the key factors that will make certain projects succeed and, and or fail? Uh, ease of use is probably number one. So kind of all those elements we talked about. And I think secondly, it's going to be real utility for, for whatever, you know, the consumers can use these digital collectibles and rewards uh, on. Um, and I think this might be, you know, biased towards us, but I really think uh, it's a kind of a core Web3 value proposition. Um, freedom in terms of as a consumer, in terms of where and how I can use these rewards as well beyond, uh, you know, the, the confines of one specific brand or one specific entry point. Um, I think that's really important. And uh, if you don't have that, that can kind of stifle a lot of the incentives which Web3 is able to provide, which ultimately, if you leave it open and able to do the way it work the way it's supposed to, will give both brands and consumers what they want. So I think those are the, the, the key the key points to make it successful. Mm, flexibility, I think, is key. Um, flexibility to, you know, go across brands, as you're saying, and, and share and, and flip and swap, but also the flexibility to opt out. You know, um, yeah. people forget about that. You don't want that, but you can't make it difficult. I mean, try and try and quit a social media network these days, right. and it's like, oh people my god, think you disappeared. Did they, they really yeah. delete my data? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they don't delete your data. Even you know, you know, uh, Discord is a whole different discussion with how they handle things. But right, um, it's very important. Flexibility is king. So um, awesome. Absolutely, That's great. What are the all right? So I guess as we wrap up, Andrew, uh, what would you say for for people would be like if you give them two key takeaways? What would those be as as they think loyalty programs, as they think about cultos, as they think about entering Web three themselves? For sure. So I would say um, uh, fair compensation is the biggest consideration. Mm-hmm. You know, aligning incentives between the consumers and the brand and uh, the overall community, which is kind of the encapsulation of both that's the most key thing um and it's the future of first party data right like that's that's uh that's that's the way we view it so the wallet will uh replace the cookie as the means to um track fairly and with the consumer's consent their activity over their life cycle from cradle to grave um and it's coming so that's uh that's what i would say are kind of the the key takeaways awesome yeah we we definitely would, would love to do a little bit more um uh, exploration with you, Andrew, uh, in regards to kind of the the one the tokenomics of this, but but also the the idea of um, uh, you know you know uh, uh, the the social aspect of it and the connective tissue of it, of everything. So we definitely want to open up some more conversations. Um, 
we, we definitely some rabbit holes to go down. Um, and there's more to explore, right? Um, just in and out of Coltos uh, in this world. So we thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And, and let me just say, you know, to anyone and yourselves included who wants to kind of learn more about the Coltos ecosystem, uh, I mentioned we're we're gonna we're planning our IEO for um, Q1 of next year. So if anyone wants to learn more, go to Coltos.io. There's a link to our Discord group. You can earn Coltos coin, you know, from that Discord bot I mentioned in there right now. Uh, we also have a Cultus Coin community on Reddit, um, and there's also, of course, Twitter for anyone who wants to follow us and stay up to date on uh, everything that we're doing. So, um, yeah, if, you're, if, any, if any of your listeners are interested, that's the place to reach us. But um, beyond that, uh, really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it was uh, it was great. Yeah, we'll yeah. be sure to include those links. And yeah, thank you again, Andrew. Appreciate it.